yourself churn Lock in your uniform and foot burning blood Man in every motive escalate Automotive centering Light a candle, light a motor Step down, step down Watching heel crush, crush up Welcome to Tales the Sound, episode 260, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prophets, Carl Riley. Not 260, guys. Tifty's 260. Tifty's 260, and we are still flying along with lesser credit and Ocean Electrical, of course, as fantastic sponsors. But Prof, this week we have not one but two quizzes, and Harry is the quiz master king. Loving all of his content, it's brilliant. It just makes me laugh, puts a smile on me and Maya's face. So I'm getting the fan experience every time, so Prof forwards this on to me, and I'm like, lovely lovely get the quiz on Tuesday or Wednesday and then me and my listen to it coming home school runs you have a tradition don't you absolutely yeah it's brilliant um, she made a show with a few of the lads today I'll be honest so uh, two quizzes it's Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts and later on it's a battle between Aaron Green and Marcus Poom so needle and training before that one it was a big one yeah they were talking about it before training I think Green was brushing up on his Estonian knowledge and trivia because mm. he knew you were going to throw him to the wolves there actually was they didn't get to it but there was a couple of uh, geography questions which I don't know for some reason I fancied Marcus more um, but a culture on the continent prof they weren't like Estonian geography, it was more like maybe Scandinavian, but I feel like those are the ones he would get right, mm. but uh, didn't get to those. Absolutely, yeah, so last week's Overseas Fans edition of the Tifties Hotline went down a tree, Prof, really, really cool um, angle to come from, uh, it's great listening to everyone's routine, what time they have to watch matches, all that mm. stuff, all of our overseas fans, so Niall Foley from Scotland, looking f- uh, Dublin looking fine, well this morning, thanks to East Ham Pod, keeping me entertained on the flight with stories of overseas mm. hoops. Do you know what, I actually looked to add Niall, or ask Niall to do this last year, and for whatever reason I couldn't find his Twitter handle. So, uh, yeah, apologies, Niall, if I, if I didn't ask you on either of these two editions. Actually, I had you in mind. That was a little nudge yeah. to say, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am overseas. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, so that we had, um, what was it, nine callers into that one. Um, we also had a, a written response from our good pal Al Murphy in Florida. He answered all 16 questions three or four days after the deadline via... Facebook Messenger. So, Al, we are a podcast. We are not a program. Uh, we're a podcast. We rely on audio. <laughs> audio, Al. Yeah. Um, the amount of effort that he put into it. I feel bad now that like, no on. one will read that. Yeah. Well, I read it, but no one else will. Um, happy for your anniversary, the Usher prank the other day, Prof. This this got like. 80,000 views I or told something you like that. the replies 238 replies 80,000 views um, <laughs> I still remember before and I was sitting in the sitting room upstairs and I was like what am I going to do I remember you telling me this yeah. I have to strike and it just came I don't know why I don't know why it came came to me but it was just <laughs> off the cuff I love the way your mind works yeah I remember you saying to me this fella will believe anything right now <laughs> I'm telling you and man and you were right he did. Um, oh, great stuff. If you were, if you don't recall the story, you were living under a rock. Uh, old Usher nipped out of a a, we- a wedding in Navin and paid what was it, two hundred quid nearly or something for yeah. from a taxi, and uh, went to the Bowes FEI Cup semi final at Denny Mount, uh, unbeknownst to his partner. Oh, he, he was in the hotel yeah, room. 
Yeah, snuck off. Uh, Jack Byrne promised to pay half the fare. Never did. So uh, we need to remind Jack about that. Um, and because it was also, um, like I suppose the week before, it was the anniversary of that game. The 2-0 win over Bowes, the corner flag and all that. Um, someone came up with this memory. that um, Someone texted in to PJ Gallagher on his morning show on the radio. And the text said, uh, best of luck to Greener and Berkey on their big day out in November from Bradzer. And PJ read it out. <laughs> and Oblivious. I was, <laughs> was trying to figure out with the co-host uh, what was it about. And one of them goes, uh, I wonder, is it a wedding? Absolute ticks. Brilliant. So that was after the game, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, Spotify feedback is now a thing, Prof. So if you go on Spotify and you're listening to Tales from the East End, you can now give us some feedback, ask us questions, stick it into the little box that's there. Um, I put one in and said top five bearded players of all time. There's one for you now. I think it's a good question. Trevor, what was his name? No, Keely. Keely had a beard, didn't he? He did. So we're going to go find hit us with your top five bearded players of all time. That, that discussion will, will rage on. Pat Gar, McCourt yeah. have a beard? At one mm-hmm. stage, did Pat McCourt have a beard playing for us? I don't know if he had one playing I think he was for clean us, but he had, I think he had um, Yeah, I've been reading back through the comments because I wasn't aware of this Q&A thing with Spotify. So the other day, I actually went back a few pages and a few people had sent in some stuff. So, yeah, so no, no, keep it coming. Keep, keep, keep the coming. Spotify feedback coming. Uh, bit of culture the Sunday Times, Prof. We made page 55 of the culture section. I'm finished. I'm retiring. We made. We actually made the culture section. So a realistic, genuine bit of culture. And big what? shout out to Mel Clark, the journal, stuck us in there. So um, where do we go from here? I don't know. It's all it's down. down. <laughs> it's down. Yeah. Uh, horrible, horrific news, Prof. Airtel closing down after over 30 years, and this was um, this made up like a good chunk of your day as as a kid. You know, you had you go on page two two one, check the English scores. You'd, yeah. you'd scroll through the whole lot, and then the yeah. cinema listens. You look away for a second, and you miss. You scroll through another thirty pages and wait for it to yeah. go back around. Oh, uh, your use of the pause button was crucial. Yeah, absolutely crucial. Then you have like you had like travel holiday packages. Uh, that was a big one. Yeah, like you say, two to one for the results, and the Irish pairs in green. I remember that vividly. Um, yeah, I wrote an article on Airtel last year in the program. If anyone wants to check it out for nostalgic reasons, so it is a sad day, and that is literally yeah. your go-to for all your information abroad and everything like that. It was a, uh, it was a simpler time, prof. Yeah, poor Lambo's devastated. <laughs> yeah. Did that on Twitter. I'm gonna make a shirt on New Jersey. <laughs> Fernimovic on the forum. I was a big fan of Steve Bruce's literary exploits. The review of Sweeper is probably one of the funniest things I have ever ever read. So there you go, seventy quid well spent. Yeah, um, this is quite a long review now, so I won't read the whole thing. But the reviewer basically takes the piss out of it completely, and he's just he, he's picked out a couple of passages that are just ridiculous, such as like he'll go off on these tangents, um, such as I prepared and ate breakfast. My mother always impressed on me as a lad the importance of a good breakfast. I don't go to full Monty. I can manage without a pork chop and black pudding. But I like cereals, followed by bacon and eggs and toast with marmalade, all washed down with tea. That's the kind of breakfast a man such as me needs. That's a meal and a half. Yep. And then there was... 
the gun was level with my belly because you remember this whole thing is about an assassination of a yeah. player the gun was level with my belly so this was what it was like to die there was no doubt I was going to die and not even in Newcastle not even Premier League in Halifax of all places with a club in its third division that's how he met his maker <laughs> so yeah so you should be getting commission for all the spike and sales yeah, so as he says in the forum there, um, that Steve Bruce would write stories about a fictional manager called Steve Barnes, peppered with Partridge-esque descriptions of his BMW and plots involving Nazi war criminals sounds too good to be true, and sadly that's the case because the books were written by someone else, as you'll hear now in a moment, um, and I don't think Bruce ever even read them before signing off his name and cashing his cheque. So, on that blog review, there was like a dozen replies, and somebody called Anonymous said the following. He seemed to be in the know about this. So he says, All three books by Bruce, Stryker, Sweeper, and Defender, were published by Paragon Publishing in Huddersfield. They were written by the owner of a company, uh, the owner of a company, a guy called Reggie Sharp, a former headmaster who was trying to make money as a publisher. He was an obnoxious man who bordered arrogance to most people who met him. He wrote each book in about three days, and then had them printed. Steve Bruce had nothing to do with any of them. (laughs) I doubt he even read them, because they really were drivel. I think he got paid £2,000 for having his name and image on each book, and attending a book signing at Waterstones in Huddersfield. I know this because I played a part in converting the text files from Microsoft Word, which Reggie Sharp wrote them in, to Apple Mac formats and printing which at the time was the only way most print houses work. On the second cover, Reggie appears in the picture as a janitor with a sweeping brush. The whole affair was a money-making scheme designed to, t- to sell Paragon's books. Bruce was nothing but a paid figurehead whose fame was used to create awareness, but I think that the sales were poor, with only a few hardened fans parting with their money. The rest of the copies were pulped, I believe. Sorry to shatter, pe- shatter people's images of Steve the author, but he wasn't. You were all conned. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? And thought, okay, Steve Bruce, let's get him to sell books. <laughs> we're on to a winner here, you know? Um, unfortunately, we have to pass our condolences on to Jim Conroy and the Conroy family after his mother Mary passed away. She had connections to Rings End and Rovers going way back, so all our condolences sent out to the Conroy family. And to Keith Mulvaney as well, on the passing of his dad, Con, there was an ultras display on Friday, so Keith was part of our Origins of an Irish Ultra podcast which went mm-hmm. down a treat so our condolences to the Mulvaney family as well yeah toss with families of both two Grey Hoopers Jim and Keats so quiz one prof Gary O'Neill versus Dylan Watts so here we go welcome back to questions from the East and the podcast quiz I'm your quiz master Harry Moore and our first quarter final tie will be between Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts welcome lads thanks Harry thank you Harry would you both back your chances against each other today? How are we both feeling? No, no I fancy Watsy. I think Watsy has this one. Yeah, favourite, we know that for sure. <laughs> it's definitely my favourite. Um, so you should know the rules by now. Gary, you defeated Sean Kavanagh in the round of 16. Dylan, you saw off the challenge of Johnny Kenny. It's one point <laughs> for every correct answer and first to five points wins. There's a mix of football and general knowledge questions and of course... Steals are allowed. The prof is here as always to keep time and keep score. 
So here's your tiebreaker question. In case there's a draw in the end, whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. Gary, you tell us your answer, then we'll hear Dylan's. Yeah. Okay, so the question is, until last Friday, how many consecutive times had Shamrock Rovers beaten UCD? <laughs> uh, sorry, just a quick one. What's the, how long we got, Carl? Uh, 20 seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, how many times have we beaten UCD? They weren't in the Premier Division for a while. I'm going to say... 22. Okay, over to you, Watsi. Um, I will say 16. You're both incorrect, but Dylan, you're the closest to the answer. The answer is 15. So Dylan, oh. you're going to start. Yeah. All right. Okay, Dylan. Mm-hmm. UCD have just been relegated. Which club finished bottom of last year's Premier Division? Um... So I don't get this. Uh, Finn Harps. That is correct. Well done, Dylan. 1 0. Yeah. Okay. Now this is for Hot you, Gary. Easy win there, Watsy. There's our guy now. <laughs> that was an easy start, let me tell you. Yeah. So I'm going to get some magic. Which player is the second highest goal scorer in the league right now with 12 goals? One behind Chris Forrester. Rory Keating. That is correct. Well done, Gary. 1-1. One, one. We're off Thank to a good start here. Thank you. Okay, mm-hmm. Dylan, this one's for you. Who did Joe Biden serve as vice president under? Is it going to be like an A, B and C here? Or... <laughs> no, you just have to guess. Um, I don't know. Donald Trump? Incorrect. Over to you, Gary. Chance to make it 2-1. No, I don't, I'm not laughing. Not like I know the answer yet, but Donald Trump. <laughs> um, I'm going to say George Bush. That's incorrect, Gary. It's Barack <laughs> Obama. So it remains one more. Oh, yeah. But Gary, you can make it 2 1 now. Yeah. Which actor plays Michael Collins in the 1996 movie? Ooh, I know this. Movie free, that's why. Um, ah, well, I'm off the pass, Harry. I don't know the answer to that one, my man. Okay, Dylan, chance to steal. Is it Brandon Gleason? Dylan, that's incorrect. It's Liam Neeson. Oh. <laughs> He's a TV presenter, isn't he? Who did I say? Brandon Gleason. Oh, my dad, I meant to say Liam Neeson. He works up roads, though, I think. Brandon Gleason. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Bad, Which bad team answer. was Brian Kerr last in charge of in 2011? Oh, no, Some team from the fair or something, wasn't it? Pass. I can't give away any clues. <laughs> something from the fair. Something <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, same pass. Okay, that's incorrect, Dylan. Gary, chance to steal? I don't know what either, to be honest with you. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I think it was on the Faroes, but I don't know who, so I'm just going to say KI. It's actually the Faroe Islands national team. 
That was the last oh. we managed. Jesus, right. oh, Gary, <laughs> chance to take the leads, make it 2-1. Yeah. Which Irish footballer who was shortlisted for the FIFA Goal of the Year 2014? Stephanie Roach. That is correct. Well done, Gary. 2-1. Try to throw a curveball in. Harry, I was ready for you. Oh, no. Easy question. Hey, Dylan. Can you make this to all? Put these historical events in chronological oh, order. One, two, three. The Middle Ages, the Renaissance, and the Roman Empire. You have to put it in chronological order. Say it again, sorry. What would it? <laughs> the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, and the Roman Empire. Okay, Roman Empire one. Middle Ages two and Renaissance three. Dylan, that is correct. Well done. Well done, Dylan. Point for you. about the Roman Empire. Life. <laughs> okay, Gary, this one's for you. Name two wind instruments. <laughs> Pardon? Name two wind instruments. A wind turbine? <laughs> okay, can you name one more? Uh, <laughs> a wind. Oh, I actually, I actually could notice that, but I don't. So I'm gonna have to pass. I just have a wind turbine for Harry. That's all I have. Okay, pass it to Dylan. Windmill. Um, they're both incorrect. According, uh, we're, look, we're, to we're looking for musical instruments here. Absolutely, boys out there. I thought you said yeah to Gary's first answer. That's why. <laughs> Okay, and um, this one's for you, Dylan. What's the score here, Harry? Sorry, how many questions we got left? Uh, two all, is it? Yeah, two all. Two all, okay. Dylan, chance to make a tree two. Describe what happened for Robert, Robert Perez's inf- infamous penalty blunder for Arsenal against Manchester City in 2005. Oh, he tried, to ro- he tried to roll it to the right to Henri, and he made, made a hash for it. Yep, that is correct. Well that done, Dylan. Honestly. Um, the answer here is... Start watching Premier League years, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bread and butter right there. Yep. Perez was supposed to pass the ball to Henry, but he messed it up and they were left with egg on their face. Is this the last question for me, is it? Do I need to get this? Um, no. You can... Yeah, you need to make this tree all, Gary. Right. Okay. First of five, isn't it? Yeah. Sky Sports presenter Kelly Cates is the daughter of which former Liverpool legend? What was the name again there? Sorry, Harry. Sky Sports <laughs> presenter Kelly Cates. She's the daughter of which former Liverpool legend? <sighs> Kenny Dalglish. That is correct. Well done, Gary. That's a great guess. That's a great guess. Yeah, I guess as long as you put it. Guess on really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Thanks, Watson. Now, we've got two capital cities questions next. Dylan, what is the capital of Romania? Cluj. Oh! No, Gary. Or Dylan. Bruges. Oh, Cluj. Oh, Cluj. Sorry, sorry. No, that's incorrect. So, Gary, Gary, is it? Score, what is it? Oh, Budapest. I think it's Bucharest. 
Bucharest, that is correct. Well done, Budapest. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> we were only in Budapest five times the last three years. You're not the first one to mix up Budapest and Nice Bucharest. results over in Budapest, all right. Um, I think, Gary, you can win it here. Yeah, 4-3, is it? 4-3, yeah. Okay, Gary, chance to win. What is the capital of Finland? Helsinki. That is correct. Well done, Gary. Unlucky Dylan. You're Wait, into no, the semis, only, Gary. That's only 4-3 now, no? That's 5-3, what's he? 5-3, he, three. Five he three, stole Dylan. your answer, Dylan. Same question, then though, he got no? his. That's the same question. It was two capital cities, no? Yeah, Dylan, exactly. exactly. you, got, you got the last one, but you got it incorrect, so Gary was allowed right. to steal. Right, right, and Now right. this one was for him. Okay. Okay, Gary, you progress into well the done, semi-finals guys. now. You're the first one. Thanks, Watsy. I must become the favourite now, Harry, am I? Yeah. You definitely yeah, you'll, play, you'll play the winner of Aaron Green and Marcus Poom, Gary. All right, okay. All right. It'll be a good semis. Yeah, it will be, be a tough semis. test, but... In what sense would that be a tough test? Who's good? Marcus Poom knocked out reigning champion Pico, so he'll be good. That says, that says more about Pico than it does anything else. <laughs> um, Aaron Green bet Dan Cleary. The That's coaches. how he got made it to the quarterfinals. Whoever you get, it'll be, be a stirring test. Yeah, well done, ready. Gary. You're lucky, Dylan. Thanks, Harry. No appreciate Thank it, bud. Thank you, lads. Once again, Prof, the the most enjoyable section of the show at McDara Ferris. <laughs> um, excellent stuff again, Gary O'Neill, uh, Shane, victorious as expected. Although Dylan gave him a bit of a scare. He did. He was. He had a couple of good answers. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. Uh, that was recorded before Friday, so at the time. Uh, Keating was second highest goal scorer. Afalabi has since overtaken him. Um, the Perez Henri penalty blunder, um, which was originated by uh, famously by Cruyff. The second I heard that, um, I knew what it was straight away. It was. Do you remember? It blew up at the time. People were like, "What in the air? What hell was yeah, that? Like, yeah. what was it? Why did he fail to actually make connection?" It happened the, the other night. That's why I put the question in because yeah. it happened in Turkey the previous night when we recorded this quiz. But the player shot wide. It was a tap in. He carried it was, as well. He it was it was orchestrated perfectly. And somehow he shot wide. Yeah. Basically an open goal. Um how both of them didn't get Joe Biden, uh vice president to Trump. Lara knocked that one out of the park. Lara actually got I think she actually beat me on this one. Um, um that was a horrific answer. As was the Faroe Islands question. They how, both said the Faroe Islands. How and how would how do they not know who played Liam or play Michael Collins? Like this, this is it's treason <laughs> at this stage. Like, yeah, well, we we got that question. Uh, we corrected ourselves from last time with the Michael Collins one. Mm. But there you go, Gary O'Neill, as expected, true to the semi-finals. But who would he play, Gar? Would it be Aaron Green or Marcus Poom? Find out. Find out later. So we beat Shelbourne 1-0 in Tala on Friday. So the nerves coming into this one, Prof, it was a nervous affair. Um, all the talk was about Shelbourne's improved form and the additions that they made with the likes of Cabral, Wood, Jarvis coming in and improving the squad. So we were very weary going into this game knowing it was going to be a slog and a battle. And the team, we had Roland Finns, 400 games. So a massive shout out to the skip. 
and a fantastic achievement um a real rovers legend um we'd finn grace poom and cavo all came in a Ferugia picked up a knock and train and wasn't even on the squad and we had no idea what it was so hopefully it's not too serious but the big big talking point jack Bourne on the bench that was the most surprising part of uh of the day when we saw the graphic and the lineup and everything because a lot of people had felt we wouldn't see jack again yeah this season um, Brazzer later spoke about it saying you know he isn't still isn't a little bit of pain when when he plays and everything so but it's great to get him back on we'll, we'll, sp- we'll speak about his impact in a moment yep um, yeah we build had, up prof we, we build up um, we had some great chats in the round the south stand and the the maldrum beforehand everybody just on edge you know that when you're everyone is just anticipating the, the six o'clock in the margin or wherever you are and everybody's anticipating the game everybody's chatting nothing else there's no garbage talk there's nothing talk everyone's talking about the game focused fully focused nerves everybody it's brilliant i couldn't understand anybody who didn't think there would be only be one goal in the game or or it would only be not be won by one goal like i heard some people saying two three nil it was never going to be that no not at all. Not in my opinion. Anyway, it's. Mm. I mean, at this business end of the season, the way it is, it was always going to be tight and mm. edgy. But we've uh, stats prof. We've Kev Doyle at red stats. I meant to say this to you. I wanted you to check them. It is six thousand five hundred ninety-four days since we last beat Shamrock Rovers in a league fixture. Can the hoodoo finally end tomorrow? Uh, put it another way: anyone born since then can legally yeah. drink. So. Well, these were the That's stats. A fascinating stuff. These were the stats I didn't want to say, obviously, last oh, week. Oh, okay, okay. Um, they have beaten us since then. Um, they've knocked us out of the FBI Cup in 2012. Your favourite fixture. Yeah. Um, there was a League Cup game that went to penalties. Did they? I think they knocked us, knocked us out that day as well. But yeah, 2005 was the last time in the league. Um, Stewie Byrne actually scored that day. And they asked him about it on commentary, but he couldn't remember the goal. Um, as for the crowd, Garrett. Game was a sellout, Prof. 7 8 7 9. A new Tallah Stadium record attendance sort of sold mm. out. Signs were up all around Tallah and fantastic stuff again, Prof. It was real, really, really occasion. Like it was, it was excellent. We're going to delve into it. And some seats have finally gone to the new North Stand. A seat design that doesn't resemble random blocks of Lego bricks from the famed John. Born mm. and it looks great. It looks like a a speckled effect. Mm. There's an actual pattern. But at first glance it looks like it's just thrown in, but I think there might have been some semblance of effort put in. But it does look like a speckled effect with lighter green going into a forest green mm. type. It's gonna look fantastic the whole way across. Um Do we know if the whole stand is gonna be green and white? I, I, I we genuinely don't know. We genuinely don't know. It's one of those mm. things. Um, it was obviously great to see. I saw some pictures of it pop up on the morning of the game. That's the seats had gone in. But the only downside was um, Greenblood, Brian McKenna, had written a really funny article for the programme where he pretended that two people had been... You know, there's only been two seats in the North yeah. Stand all season. Just the two on their lonesome. Yeah, yeah. So he, pret- he pretended that two people had been sitting there all season... And he gave their review of the season, <laughs> watching us in the east and the west and the south. And he said, oh, it's, very, it's very cold and lonely over there. And it was a great piece. And it went in Friday's programme. And it was just bad timing. <laughs> the whole, they got yeah. taken out as well, didn't they? Those two seats got taken out. 
Did they, yeah? I'm nearly sure they did. Yeah. Someone mentioned it. But I met uh, Brian Greenblood. We're now dog walking buddies. Met him in Corker Park. And uh, we had a good chat. Pacing ourselves around Kundalkin. So, um, Rovers have teamed up with Senko Sensory Solutions and South Dublin County Council to provide a mobile sensory room on match days at Tallah Stadium. And the Sensory Express Bus was a big success on Friday night, providing a great service for a number of children who used the facility during parts of the match night. So, this was a brilliant, brilliant initiative. Fair play to everybody involved. The sensory room trial run initially in the commentator's room was a really big success this is even bigger it's fantastic stuff so fair play to everybody involved it's going to be getting pushed big time at one stage there was guards going in and i think they were just going in to have a look but someone behind me someone goes oh it's kicking off in the bus <laughs> but um the guards were going in to have a little look around so it was it was really really a uh, nice gesture and something that we need to be doing as a club so fantastic stuff everybody involved uh, Duffer accused Bradzer of playing mind games and is bored after saying Shells could have the biggest budget next season and his quote was I just need to go and find out what our budget is next year now because it sounds tasty so a bit of yeah. uh, sparring back and forth in the media prof. well obviously it was mind games in the build up to the game and um, yeah Duffer said he read that and said like what the fuck was that Bill um, we will sort of <laughs> briefly touch on the discussions of budgets because um, it was coming from all angles wasn't it from pundits fans uh, Stuart Byrne had written an article in the mirror that morning and it was it was it was a crap article like he, like he wants us to spend money we don't have like his Shelburne side did in 2006 he spoke about how oh yeah Pat Fennan said he was going to sign Scandinavians and take us up a gear and all so first of all why you would want to go back that overspending time and second of all it's like it's apples and oranges because shells didn't have uh the, the money we have to spend now on academies and women's teams and like it's hard to compare the two it's different times so i thought it was a really dreadful article by stewie Byrne, who i had to uh listen on commentary as well unfortunately um so he did annoy me many times but uh, we also had Eamon from his home from California selling the shirts Eamon Mac am, with the Ramon style I'm wearing right now and it is fab we got north south east west in the Ramon style yeah no big shout out to Amo for all his endeavours and that's pretty much what we are trying to put out there as regards to the Southland Collective it's just a creative space for people to bring out merch and put on nights and make everything about Rovers wrap it all into one and make it a, just a better experience t-shirts at the biz uh, uh, nod to the Ramones and um, big shout out to Amos Da as well who's going to be coming hard with some really good ideas soon as well so we have a good little collective there prof and keep your eye out for some Southland collective t-shirts coming soon if you're interested drop us a little mail and we could uh, see what we can do for you first half chances prof this was an action packed first half it was um, we had a Pico header starting off which was unfortunate and not hit the target the first half was actually bookended by two Pico headers from set pieces the one yeah. you were talking about was only three minutes in that was actually your free kick which was near the corner flag so you headed that over and then a few minutes before the break uh, set piece again great leap and it actually just clipped off Jarvis at the near post should have been another corner but the ref yep. missed it Um. But in terms of Shell's chances, Gar? 
Shells, what did we have? We had a, a young Jarvis, number 36, having a bit of joy yeah, he's out very, on the wing. Very, very, very tricky. tricky. Um, doubled up on him eventually, but he mm. created a couple of chances. The way he combined... Flash, flashing balls um, across the box. Yeah, the way you combined with Wood on the left. Two very good players. Yeah. Two very good players making uh, a lot out of the space that they were provided out there. And do you know what? Jarvis was fouled by Finn literally 30 seconds into the match and that was a sign of things to come yeah. because he was a menace throughout the game. But, but in fairness, yeah. Finn, Finn backtracked on quite a lot and he did well. There was... Um, what was it? Yeah, I think it was... He nutmeg Cleary, which was outrageous. It was, yeah. it was really good. He got in on goal, but Finn just sort of used his experience to stop him. And then... Um, yeah, not a, he used experience really well there, Finner, because he knew he couldn't quite catch him. So it was just about sort of ushering him out. Ushering him out of play, exactly, sort of thing. Yeah. So with most of the possession first half, or like first half hour especially, then Shells were kind of finishing the half stronger. Yeah. And then, like I said, we had that P go CP. So we actually, we, we weren't too bad in the latter stage. Gaffney had a half. chance as well, yeah. which could have been poked home, but was uh, defended well by Shells. And we should mention the referee was uh, McGrath and the first sub of the night in the 36th minute was the ref. I meant to say this to you. I meant to text you. I was like, you have to have stats on ref subs. I don't actually have ref stats on ref subs now, but of course, who came on for him? McLaughlin, the man who gave Bowes a penalty for the ball hitting Lee Grace in the face. So, not a good substitution. Well, despite what Stewie Byrne said, jokingly, great first sub. No, it's not. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so first half overall, I felt we were the better team. I felt we brought mm. it to them. Um, and it was, mm. I think the tree in the middle is working mm. at times. When you've got Gary O'Neill, you've Poom, and whoever else plays in that midfield position. Mm. I think it works well. And then you're kind of sacrificing a little bit up top. But it worked well in the first half. We'd actually a really good move. Like I said, we finished the, the half, like the last sort of four or five minutes. We had a really good move in injury time. And we forced another corner. So, you know, I don't know. We kind of ended with a good bit of momentum there. Even though, in general, the first half, we didn't do a whole lot with the ball. And shells with Jarvis and Wood was really concerning mm. at this point. Um, half time, Cody goes... Shells look in total control and in no danger whatsoever. Well, I, don't, I don't know what game he was watching. It's totally different to the one we were watching, I think. I, I mean, I do like Mark Coyne in the middle of the park. I think the, the body guy in the middle of the park, he, he's he's always a menace to us. He just gets stuck in. But we've um, had first halves like this in Tala before. Yeah, it was tetchy it was like. Where we come out second half and you might make a few tweaks and we lift it and we're better. Um... Coming into this game, our home form was six straight league wins. Yep. One goal conceded. Uh, if you look at the Dundalk game, Pico's winner came in the second half. Cork winner came in the second half. Even at home to Shells earlier this year, we came from two goals down. So, you can't be like making grand statements at half time. It's the second half to go. It can, um, and you know, you know how much it can change. Yeah. We but, all do as football fans. All three on the panel, by the way, I must say, were brutal. <laughs> and men and women. So I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying all three of them 
were equally dreadful. I'm putting in Peter Collins there as well, right? So what a sight to see a half-time prof, Josh Bradley, playing for his local club, Kill Celtic. So uh, rousing. Uh, he was serenaded in the south stand. It was brilliant to see. And mm. the smile on his face, it would it would um, melt the coldest of hearts. It was, it was beautiful. It was lovely to see. Yeah. So he was playing ball at half-time. So How far we've come from... Like little Josh raising the trophy last year. I know. Um, and now he's playing football at half time. It's absolutely brilliant to see. Brilliant um, stuff. So we started the second half on the front foot. Um, there was a great ball in by Cavo, which uh, deflects from a corner. And then from that, Gaffney very nearly hooked it in from close range. And, yeah. then, and then half a minute after that, Poom drilled it at Kearns and uh, he was brave to come out for the rebound. So we were all over Yeah, he them. spilled it slowly, didn't yeah. he? And then he had to mop it up again. I mm. will say that I loved Poom's forward passing in this. Mm. He wanted to get on the ball quite a lot. It looked like he was really eager because whenever he would make a sideways pass, but he'd always want to get back on the ball mm. and then the lead up to the goal. I definitely noticed Poom in this game. I he, mean, He was excellent, wasn't he? If we're talking man the matches, you're probably talking Grace or Cleary, but... I thought Poom had a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, With Shells barely having a kick in the 15 minutes of the second half, I think that was when he did have his purple patch. He was really positive and protruding right into their half with forward passes. And yeah. I think what works for Poom is when Bork is playing up top, Bork's touch and his retention is superb. And that ultimately led to the goal. Well, I want to credit Finn here, actually, because um, there's a chance from a Finn cross where uh, it's a Gaffney header. And Finner hung it up in the air. And the header, unfortunately, was, was too easy for, for Conor Kearns. But some really good deliveries by Finner. Finn, Finn has the ability out wide. When he gets into the the later tour, the, the final tour of their half, there's not like the, his, his distribution is brilliant from out wide. He did it with Bort as well. He put a super ball in for Bort and he kind of just yeah. scuffed it. I wouldn't say scuff, he just didn't steer it home. That was that was actually a golden opportunity. Oh, and you sort of you're saying scuff. I'm saying you kind of dragged it wide. Dragged it wide. It, it was the best thing. opportunity of the game at that point. So at that point, Gary O'Neill had been injured and Dylan Watts had come on. Yeah, unfortunately. So I hope Gary wish him all the best. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um. Then the seventy second minute, Borky came in, and um. This was the result of once again Poom probing. And receiving the ball off the centre half. I think initially he started it, gave it back to the centre half, got it back, torn straight away into Bork's feet. And then Bork does what Bork does, holds off defenders, and then guides a uh, relatively not much pace on the shot now. But it was, listen, it was. I'd give Berkey a bit more credit than this. Yeah, I felt that at the time when I saw I thought Cairns was poor getting down, but it was a really well guided shot. It just kind of got away in him. Yeah. Brilliant goal, and then now scenes. He, now he does get down late. Connor, alright, but I think this is a really good shot by Berkey. No other player in the squad would have been capable of scoring from there with a shot like that. That's what Berkey brings you. I know, every time. And he's been brilliant this season. He's up there for player of the season, let's be honest. And I think what I haven't seen in a long time is us about to make a sub and then scoring. And I always think, does that... The yeah. manager, does that change his mentality? Jack and Richie were standing there for about yeah. three minutes. They were waiting to come on. Yeah. So if the sub had been made, they might not have scored. So... Um, we had the double sub then came on the yeah. 73rd minute with Jack and Richie coming on so a lot of energy from Richie and Jack just great to see him back playing yeah. football prof considering Jack has been a week away 
from returning, according to the team news, for about three months now. Yeah. So he's actually on the pitch. It's fantastic. Um, I like this quote from Stafford's cousin. He says, it's mad how in that little short spell, Jack shows why he's, he's streets ahead of the rest of the league. Just the little things he does with the ball. The out ball to Trev. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, now it didn't quite pay off. But just as sort of using Trev as an outlet to relieve pressure and get forward, it was an outrageous ball. I think at one stage he lost it in a really dangerous position. Jack, and it led to a potential attack. And I was just thinking, oh no. <laughs> but it worked out in the end. And we had 77 minutes prop. Lukey Bourne, a former Quifties champion, friend of the show, leaps from the dugout. And in a bizarre attempt to get the ball back and play for side, but he trips over a uh, gym bag <laughs> and his feet go totally from underneath him. And it was like he was tipping the ball over the bar. It was like he was a goalkeeper. It was hilarious. Initially, we all, yeah. the South Stand, thought it was tough. And everybody was in fits laughing, thinking <laughs> Duff had fell. But um, big shout out to Duff because I've never seen anybody as active or as imaginative or energetic. You're on Duff Watch. Ever. You can't, you can't help it because it's in the corner of your eye. Is this after the penalty appeal or before that? In general, I think at one stage he was in his technical area, but he was on all fours and he was crawling. I don't know how he ended up on all fours but he was crawling and he was like no Baffetindi Gomis who used to do that celebration and he'd claw like a tiger <laughs> I was looking at him I was like this fella is just gold entertainment gold um, yeah, so I'll be honest I've watched Berkey's goal maybe six seven times but I've watched Lukey Byrne probably 20 times yeah. uh, it's brilliant I love the way he shakes his head in embarrassment and then just puts his head in his hand on the dugout it's like what have I just done and shortly after that, Gare, comes the red card for Berkey. Fortunately, um, I don't think we can defend this one. Well, it says it all. If you look at Brazzer and the dugout, no one appeals it at all. Yeah, no, he just, he, he went in late. And it was a case of, there's actually been a couple of these in world football in general, mm. and they've been looked at by VAR. There's no getting away from it. He goes in late, he's on a yellow. Um, and... Unfortunately, he gets the red. So, Nervy. I think he's actually done this. On his debut, he did this. He scored and got sent off. I think he's scored and been sent off in the same game. A few times now. Um, so, that was for a late tackle. Second yellow on Coyle. And then suddenly, like it's a, it a pity because at that point, we were actually playing some nice stuff. Yeah. And obviously, at that after this moment, you know, it gives Shells the impetus again. And they sort of take over. Um, there was an incredible moment where Connor Kearns, Gar, the Shelburne goalkeeper, Connor Kearns felt that Rory Gaffney was time wasting before he walked off. To be I saw a bit of argy bargy between the Connor two. Connor felt that Rory was not leaving the field of play quick enough. That is rich. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, Prof. It was a nervy. Last three minutes and deja vu when we got conceded a late corner and I was thinking to myself it's Talca Park all over again. We obviously felt like we had, I'll be honest, in the last 20 minutes, and I I said this already earlier on after the game, I felt like we weren't going to concede. I just, I felt so confident that we weren't going to concede. It was just one of those things, no matter how many balls got whipped in or many late corners they got. I felt the same until the last three minutes, but Shells kept whipping in dangerous balls from the right hand side. And my God, that was nerve-wracking. It was nervy, but if, I felt not, if not for Cleary, he was brilliant. 
what what a player! Like what that our, our backbone of the defensive structure he, there. He he headed a few crucial ones away. It was I think it was Tyreek Wilson who kept putting these balls in. Yeah, and they were lethal. It's a superb set piece taker. Um, <clears throat> Post match scenes, prof. Um, well, we should mention the penal. Um, you're you're talking about Duffer gone mad on the sidelines, mm. and afterwards he was gone mad about this. They, Shells wanted a penal in injury time against Richie Towell, but like. Arm down by his side. What could he do about it? His hand is in a natural position. He yeah. can't get out of the way of the ball. Exactly. It wasn't up. Yeah. It wasn't out. It was down by his toy. So there's not, you can't if, give those. If I'm at the game and it's four hours, yeah, I'll probably shell for it. But when I watch it back, I'm like, yeah. how can you give it back? Yeah. But, yeah. but to go mad about it afterwards, like that's that's crazy stuff. Um, Rishi, by the way, did a job for us because when we're down to 10 men, he had to sort of convert to the, the right wing back role. Yeah. And he did a job for us uh, uh, out there. So, post match scenes, Garrett. Um, Brilliant we, scenes we, in the South Stand. Well, I'm, I'm on, we obviously the South Stand, but I'm, I'm also talking about, you know, we had to put up the video of like Graham, or in this case, I think it was Luke. Yeah. And he's filming behind the players. I saw Luke following the players around. We've yeah. seen some of these ones before where there's a, there's a bit of an extra, there's an edge to them. You know, Brazzer and Cronin. This was just next level. Did you watch this? I didn't see his fo- I didn't see his footage. I saw it behind the. Oh, did I saw? Yeah, Razor I did and see. Crown and War, loving life. This this was a big win. It really was. Excellent stuff. So it was it was really felt mm. in the south stand as well from the players and uh, Poom Poom getting his his signature yeah. chant is brilliant. Um. So yeah, Prof. Um. Joey's, uh, we have Joey's respect towards our management team. I missed this. Was there? Yeah, just sort of like. I, I only, I visibly, I noticed them going mental for the handball. <laughs> the fourth official got dogs off him. So. And just like the footage of him, um, the handshakes and the hugs and all that. But you can see there's, you can see the respect that he has for his uh, former colleagues, Brazzer, Crone, and the whole staff. Um, yeah, we've we've always thought about it haven't we um, down the line if Brazzer was to leave we've often managed uh, imagine Joey as a potential replacement haven't we but he's probably happy with uh, Mr Duff there at Shelburne is he here? absolutely yeah so um, yes Prof we have performed as Lee Grace won man the match well this could have been a couple of people Lee Grace is I just I love him as a as a defender. I just think he's so good. I mean Julian Canny, friend of the show, he mentioned that he's probably the best ever defender to play for Galway. Surely one of the biggest steals of all time. Twenty five grand, which effectively relegated Galway. Yeah. And he can do it all. And he's cut out that uncertainty from his game as well, whereas he might have had a lapse in concentration maybe a couple of years ago. Now he's back to being the Rolls Royce. He was absolutely superb in this game. He was just brilliant. Um, he's all action, isn't he? All action. But again, the Cleary, I don't know if he was a close second, but he was he was Cleary was superb in this game as well. Um, he's like a playmaker now. If you go back to last week, I, you and I disagreed on his crossing at the UCD ball. I felt the majority of his balls into the box were brutal because we kept trying the same ball over and over again from the edge of the box. We yeah, from the right-hand side, outside. Yeah, yeah, and it was just... Usually defenders were eating it up. It was bread and butter. So it was very frustrating. I just felt that Cleary was involved in a lot of that. The same ball and it wasn't working. But in generally, I like how he's become a playmaker now. And 
he's always so involved in their attacks and he'll have he'll play a simple ball in the middle of the park to whoever it may be it could be Jack could be Gary O'Neill and it's always so positive and it gets us moving forward yeah he's a really he's a, I'd say he's great on Astro you know he's just a really I think he's an intelligent footballer he's, mm. he's excellent I really I've enjoyed clearly this season big time so so many contenders for player of the season player of the year but the media reaction afterwards prof um by no means over, in my opinion. I think four games, it's a lot. Oh, the first thing I heard when I came into work was I was a League of Ireland fan. I was like, what oh, do you think it's over now, do you? Like, no, I don't. No, it's not. There's a lot of points to play for. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. So, um, yeah, well, so the well, media. What I do want to talk about, Gar, is uh, what was going on with Alan Cody's hair? I think he's going for the slick back layered look. You know, there's a Why? lot going on. Why does it look like a wig though? There's a lot of There's a big quiff. It's a bit of a quiff now. That's not a quiff. It looks like someone else's hair is <laughs> on his head. <laughs> a toupee, as they say, bro. Um, yeah, so um, excellent stuff. And f- big shout out to Phelan as well. Interviewing Finner after his 400 appearance. So brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, great to see Phelan getting involved. 400 appearances. And uh, like. Phelan's a fan at the end of the day so I'm sure he's starstruck as well interviewing these guys and Finner with the M count as well <laughs> I think we had about 8 of them as well standard no, Finner no uh, good job by Phelan as I as expected uh, fitting in in my uh, absence care but we had Duffer like I said gone mad about the penalty um, we had a Derry fan in the mailbag to LOI Central saying that he feels they've lost out on eight points this season over refereeing decisions, which begs the question, uh, how many points have we lost over refereeing decisions? So that kind of rankles with me that the idea that other fans of other clubs think that we are not being screwed as much as they are. I don't know. I'm not going to make a league table of who has lost the most points. That'd be interesting. what springs to mind straight away is uh, Sligo the pigo ruffling of the hair yeah. and the three red cars in Cork sure enough someone on Twitter he he actually did it he actually said that's nine red cards for robbers this season Whoa. and he actually used the word indiscipline if you describe our red cars this season as indiscipline I am no longer Interested in European football <laughs> ever again? Yeah, you are blocked. There's a lot. You are them. muted. You have no idea what you're talking about. Some extremely ridiculous red cards in the course of the season, Prof. Um, a thinly veiled dig um, towards Shell's strategy. I felt now, in fairness, right? Shell's are fit. I'll give them that. If you noticed, they had eleven men in their own half most of the time when we were attacking, but they also got forward well as well. So they are fit, and Duffer demands a lot out of them. But they definitely did sit back. And I think the word low block was mentioned. It is a low block. They have mm. a lot of players in their own half sitting back. They're hard to break down. And I think they are the team that conceded most goals this season in the league. They're the best defensive record. Best defensive yeah. record. They they do have a low block, mm. but they do get forward as well. So it is admired. They're fit. Tougher demands a lot. But, but this um, is interesting from Brazzer because he doesn't often speak like this. Um, if you want to read the quote there. 
Yes, so um, the Shell strategy, he referred to how they struggled to break down their 10-man hosts in the dying stages of a game that was settled by a Greenborg goal before he was dismissed. So I think Shelburne tonight got a bit of taste of their own medicine when we went down to 10 men, said Bradley, who was asked about the Shell's protest over a late penalty claim. I was like, all right, what have you got? Because they do defend every week. They didn't create anything. Now it's a game where you have to go and make the game and turn it into a different game to play. They had 20 minutes and they didn't test the goalkeeper. You can talk about handball all you like, but you played 20 minutes against 10 men and you have to make something, something happen and they couldn't do it so um, Brazzer has been quite vocal this week yeah, um, pre-match post-match football uh, off the pitch yes. <laughs> very vocal this week but the night um, of the season prof you spoke about in discipline we won't go into it again because it is not the case we have been hard done by quite a lot considering four of them were absolute bullshit I consider that five red cards <laughs> Uh, we had Ryan LeGruger if, you, if you're watching an RTE um, they'll come back from the ad break and they'll put up the league table and there's there's Ryan's head just taking up the whole screen and you can see up. the anxiety on his face <laughs> you know because it wasn't like a man with a camera there it was just a, a fixed camera behind the goal or something and he had no idea there was a camera there uh, so that was quite funny so uh, not only the Rovers and Shelbourne and their undefeated run on Friday but Carl took Shelbourne player Jimmy O'Connor's World Cup or his World Record hat-trick away in his uh, programme article so this yep. was fascinating stuff from your a longer article this week Prof um, yeah hashtag long read some serious records like a, I think a minute and ten was the fastest article, fastest hat-trick ever long league that's an English non uh, Sunday league player yeah he did it in 70 seconds 70 seconds even though Sunday league though how do you how do you the score three you get goals? back up to the semi-circle that quickly but if you watch the footage of Jimmy O'Connor in 1967 which became a Guinness World Record. If you, the players <coughs> didn't spend that long celebrating. You know, they just sort of they jump around a bit and they hug it briefly, and then they just calmly walk mm. back to the center circle. So there's a clock on the footage, and you can actually see it, and it's timed, and it's two minutes thirteen seconds. And since then, what happened? So that was two thousand. So Shelburne people got together. They got the match referee, the report. And they went to Guinness, and that went into the records. Since then, 2004, there was a Scottish player, uh, again non-league, Highland League, uh, who did it faster. Surely these are up for scrutiny because, mm. like, it's the mortal actions of a man in the middle of the park as a ref who's recording it. You know what I mean? If there yeah. was a little bit of leeway, I get it, but if the seconds, if it could get down. To the nitty gritty, you know what I mean? Well, that was interesting because that Scottish player, Tommy Ross, he didn't attempt to make it a Guinness World Record because the goalkeeper was the timekeeper, which I've never... Is that a thing? If anyone wants to... It may be in non-league football, is that a thing? A goalkeeper being a timekeeper? Yeah. But apparently it, it was legitimate enough to be a world record. Then something came out from Argentina in the 70s, which was faster. Um, And then you had the Sunday League player as well. So... Um, car- officially Jimmy Connor is now uh, has been bumped down to fifth the fifth fastest hat trick in the world but what this article was about was um, when he did that at the time Jimmy O'Connor 1967 for Shelburne against Bowes a fan wrote into the Irish press a month later and said I don't think this is a record I've seen a faster hat trick and he said I found it and he found another 
player called Jimmy Forshelburne, Jimmy Hart, was a Scottish player. And according to the papers, he scored a hat-trick in less than two minutes. Jesus. Both for Shelburne. Yeah. So not only did Jimmy O'Connor not have scored the fastest hat-trick in the world, it wasn't even the fastest for Shells. Imagine. There you go. Great stats from the prof. We had, we had a, Ryan McDyer was, um, must have been reading my article because he asks, uh, what was the slowest hat-trick ever? And this popped up. We had a reason for asking this. Um, so this popped up on Twitter. Feyenoord Stryker, Santiago Jimenez, completed a four-day hat-trick after bagging his third goal following the resumption of Sunday's abandoned game against Ajax. Oh, I think it ended 4 both times. So he scored two in the original game, then it resumed uh, four days later. Then he completed his hat-trick. So did it resume from a certain minute? Yeah. No way. And so he got his hat-trick. Therefore, that could be the slowest hat-trick of all time. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I find that really hard to that'll ever mm. be beaten. And just a, a stat before we go. Um, Like, listen to the punditry before and after and Stewie, you know. Like, there's, a, there's an opinion that we're doing just enough to win the league. Um, I mean, if you go back to last week, we failed to beat UCD, so you could you could argue that's the case. Like we should be beating UCD, but we didn't. But our home form, essentially, is what is hopefully going to win us this league. Like I said, we we were on a run of six consecutive home league wins before this. This is now seven, one goal conceded. Our home form has been utterly relentless. Mm. So you can say we're Fortress You can say you can use phrases like we're falling over the line and we're doing just enough, but that is relentless home form. Um I had the stat about how we've not failed to score at home in the league. And we broke that record of forty two and we, we did it at forty three. Since speaking of Joey O'Brien, since we were presented with the league trophy, the first one under Brazzer in October twenty twenty, we drew nil all with Pats. And Joey was sent off that night. We hold, we held on. Since that game, we've only failed to score in one league home match in Tala in October 2020. So we now have seven consecutive home league wins. We also did that in 2022 and 2010 under Michael O'Neill. Uh, we did eight in 2006 and 2007. So we're trying to equal that, but... All but one of those were in the first division. Yeah. So, eight, if we can do it against Rada in a couple of weeks' time, eight would be the best in the top flight since 1993. So, Prof hitting us. The stats and other results, 36 UCD, nil. So, the goal difference has been narrowed down to two and we've four games left. So, Drogheda at home, Cork away on the Monday, which is proven to be very popular as regards to buses. Planes, trains, automobiles, everybody is trying to make their way down, Prof. The Tifty's yep. bus, the mantle has been handed over and it is full. We're not running that anymore. We're done. Dusted, retired, but it is still active and it's full at the minute. There is also buses available there. So if you are interested in getting on a bus, let us know. We'll point you in the right direction. And um, we have Pats away and Sligo at home. So Derry's final four games are Drogheda away, which is a tricky one. Shells at home. Cork away, who could be scrapping. And Pats are home, so um, that's tough enough, yeah. Because shells and Pats, um, like you say, 
scrapping. They'd be scrapping for Europe, won't they? Yeah. So that's not an easy run in by any means. Um, did you look up the fixtures between now and when we play? No, the ones that so, ex- so I was curious about this. No, so as in as in who mm. are we're going to be playing catch up? As in, yes, we're five points clear, but we're not playing for three weeks. So I was curious potentially who can close the gap on us. So what league games are coming so up? So there's three games between now and the 20th of October. So Derry away to Drogheda, Shelburne at home to Dundalk, and then the following Thursday, UCD versus Bowes. So Pats are not playing. Yeah. So Derry could reduce the gap to two points before we get back to action. FAI Cup weekend prof Saturday 2.40 kickoff for both games and um, I wouldn't obviously you'd like to be involved 2.40 kickoff it's random but I'll it's be very honest, cool be honest I am jealous it is the train cool. to Galway at 3 o'clock on a Saturday that is the ideal away day yeah uh, Bowles fans struggling for Galway away cup semi-final tickets so um, as you'd understand that Galway are going to prioritise their own fans and give the minimum amount possible because you want to be able to pack that stadium in the semi and get as many possibles in or get as many of your home fans in so um yeah it's going to be interesting anyway are they televised prof on the saturday they normally are aren't they yeah rt normally televised the two semi-finals so so two semis on the saturday but the women prof tell us about the women's games um no women's games to talk about no senior game because Wexford used away on Saturday was called off after a failed pitch inspection. I think someone said that in a video promo there recently. They said, what's the worst pitch to play on? Someone said Wexford because it's always raining. Yeah, it's very Carrig Park. That's the second time actually one of our women's games were called off. There was there was an underage game abandoned uh, a week prior. Um, so the next games are both at home to Shelburne. Uh, in the league this Saturday, Tata 4.45. And then the cup semi-final, also against Shells, Tata, 4pm. So big, big one. That's, that's got your football fix. Your Rovers football and fix this weekend will be the ladies. So definitely head Next on down. Next two weekends. Next two weekends, yeah. So uh, like we said, Prof, Rollstone. Great weekend, the cup semi-final results for our academy teams. Our 19s won 4-1 against Shelbourne at the AOL. The 17s, our very own Noli O'Brien. He is involved with the 17s, won a penalty shootout in Waterford after a 3-3 draw. They were 2-1 up, then 3-2 down, and then scored a last-minute free kick in extra time and won on penalties. So, uh, Noli was absolutely mm-hmm. buzzing, so big shout-out uh, everyone involved. We won't talk about the, the bit of a schmuzzle after the game. Schmuzzle, that's the new word. It's the word of the week. <laughs> it's a great word, isn't it? Um, yeah, so the 15s were 7-3 winners against Bowles after extra time. So Charles Akin-Rintoyo with a hat-trick in extra time after scoring a brace for the Ireland 16s against Estonia during the week. So, prof, hot prospects coming through. This young man's name is uh, hot on everybody's lips right now, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, prof, next up, we have the quiz. It's part two, and it's Green versus Poom. Welcome back to Questions from the East Stand, the podcast quiz. I'm your quiz master, Harry Moore, and our second quarter-final tie will be between Aaron Green and Marcus Plume. So welcome, lads. Thanks for having us, Harry. Thank you, Aris. Um, So you should know the rules by now. Greener, you defeated a shirtless Dan in the round of 16. Marcus, you caused an upset by knocking out the defending champion, Pico. Are we both looking forward to this? Do we back our chances against each other? 
Yeah, we were speaking about it today. Just once there isn't any um, favoritism with the old uh, Estonian questions, other than that, Harry, <laughs> all's fair. No, I, I, I don't see any Estonian questions in here, Greener, so you should be fine. Well, then I'm happy. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one point for every correct answer, and first to five points wins. There's a mix of football and general knowledge questions, and of course, steals are allowed. The profit here is always to keep time and keep score. So here's your tiebreaker question. In case there's a draw in the end, whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. Aaron, you tell us your answer, then we'll hear from Marcus. Okay, so the question is, in what year did Shelburne last beat Rovers in a league game? So remember, Greener, you're on the clock now. Right. 20 seconds. 2014. Okay, over to you, Marcus. Um, I'll go with 2015 then. <sighs> um, you're both incorrect, but Greener, did you say 2014? Yeah. Was it? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the answer is actually 2005. It's been a while since they've Ooh. beaten us. So, Greener, you get to go first. 18 years. It's a bit mad. Oh, um, okay, so, Aaron, you're going to go first. Long may that as well, Harry. What? Sorry? Long may that continue. But hopefully. Hopefully. They're <laughs> a tough side to beat, but we're a tough side to beat too. So. True. Um, okay, Aaron, here's your first question. What did Neil Farouge's three goals for Rovers this season all have in common? They were with his rifle. Incorrect, Aaron. Over to you, Marcus. They were all headers. They weren't. They were all scored against Bose. Two of two out of his three goals, Marcus, were yeah. headers, but his last one wasn't. So, um, okay, oh. um. So, Nilal, Marcus, your question now, your turn. Which player has made the most league appearances for Rovers this season with 29? Did you say league appearances? Um. Yeah, most league appearances with 29. Four seconds, Marcus. Uh, Pico Lopez. Sorry, Marcus, incorrect. Aaron, chance to steal. Alan Manis. I'm sorry, Greener, that's incorrect. It's Rory Gaffney. Remember, oh. Aaron, Big Al was injured for the whole of the summer. Oh, Jesus, well, here. Horrendous stop from us. Bad start. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll get your first point soon. Aaron, chance to make it 1 0. Heroes, Starman, and Let's Dance are all songs by who? David Bowie. That is correct. Well done, Greener. We're off to we're off um to one nil now. Well done. Okay, Marcus, chance to make it one all. What were the first two films directed by Quentin Tarantino in 1992 and 1994? Um, I'd say one of them were Pulp Fiction 
and I don't know, Inglorious Bastards, maybe? Sorry, Marcus, that's incorrect. Aaron, can you make it 2-0 now? What year did you say, Harry? Um, so they were directed in 1992 and 1994. So can you name the two films? Um, no, I can't name the two. I've got one in my head where they're all called numbers. All called colour, sorry, but I don't know the name, but it can't come to me, so I'll pass. Okay, Marcus, you got one half of the uh, question right. Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Oh um, my god. That that's it, isn't it, Carl? That's it, yeah. Reservoir dogs. Oh, I knew I knew that one. I just couldn't think of the name of the film. What a film. Does Marcus get that point? No, he gets nothing. No, good. he had to name it two. He only named one. <laughs> oh, wow. lucky. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Harry. Um, <laughs> um, it was just, this is for you, Aaron. Chance to make it 2-0 here. In what country was former Man United and Bayern Munich midfielder Owen Hargreaves born? What country was he born in? Denmark. Sorry, Aaron, that's incorrect. Marcus, can you steal? I'm hoping it's a trick question. I'll go with England. Sorry, Marcus, it isn't a trick question. It's Canada. Mm. Okay, so Aaron, you remain in the lead. Uh, Marcus, who is the all-time top scorer of the Spanish international team with 59 goals? 59 goals. Um, You're on the clock, Marcus. Raul? Raul? Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's incorrect. Aaron? I'm going to take a stab at it because I know he scored a lot. Sorry, was a hair in my mouth. Two players. I'm going to go for one. David Villa. That is correct. Well oh, done, oh. Aaron. On, 2-0. Aaron. You're in the lead now. Can you keep that lead? Aaron, you can make a 3-0 here. Let's go. Name bud. the founders of Microsoft and Apple. Oh, my God. Bill Gates? Oh, it's probably a terrible answer. Um, you have answer to name two. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Is that his name? Aaron, that's correct. Well done. 3 0. Yeah, Aaron was just going off there. You just about got in there. Oh, look at Carl. I would have stolen that, honestly. <laughs> Marcus, you need to get a point here oh. on the board. Struggling, Bill you Dog. <laughs> you could win a green, but here we go, Marcus. Would have a what was the name of Adolf Hitler's real life Irish nephew, the son of an Austrian waiter and his Irish wife? So. I'm going to give you a few options here. Is it Paddy Hitler, John Hitler, Mossy Hitler, or Seamus Rasher's Hitler? I'll go for Paddy Hitler. 
That's correct. Well done, Marcus. You've got one back now. Is the comeback on? Um, Aaron? <laughs> Chance to make it 4 1. Who won the 2022 23 Bundesliga Player of the Year? Jude Bellingham. Well done, Aaron. That is correct. 4 1. You just need one more point, Greener, and you're into the semi finals now. Let's go. Marcus, can you pull one back? Name the Faroe Islands side that's stunned Hungarian champions Ferenc Varos and Swedish champions Hacken on their way to the Europa League group stages. I believe can it's. Can you name that side? Klaxvik. Well done, correct. Uh, Marcus, KI Klaxvik is the answer. But Aaron, you can win it here. What colour are aircraft black boxes? Orange. Close off. Right, orange. Yep, yeah, correct, Aaron. You've won it. Well done. 5 that 2. Good way I only know that here. because of the submerger that was imploded a while ago. And me and the. Oh, voice, yes. Uh, the Ocean uh, Gate, was it? Yeah. Well done. Into the semi-finals now. Um, I'll be honest, Aaron. I actually, I, I, I was favouring Marcus to win this, but well done. Well, You're into the semis doubt. now. Every, I, I time, every time I come in from training the under 14s, I always am in a good mood, and then the questions fell to me. So David Villa won, though. I think was I was either going to go for David Villa or Morata. So I was thinking David Villa scored a lot for Spain. So I was, I was a bit lucky with that one. But here we take it. Yeah, well done. That, yeah, that was a very good well. guess, to be fair to you, Greener. Well done. Well, yeah, you're into the semis now. You'd be my favourite. Carl said it to me. It's going to be one of you that are going to win it. Greener, yeah, I, tipped you, I tipped you, Greener, right to the record. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the podcast. <laughs> no, it was good. Mar- me and uh, well Marcus. Well Greener. I wonder who Gary went for. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Marcus threw me off today when we were in the gym. And he goes, you better go home and get uh, on Wikipedia for all your Estonian stuff. So uh-huh. <laughs> none of them came up. <laughs> you would have been home and home. <laughs> well done, yeah. though, lads. And um, before we go, do we want to sing happy birthday here to Carol? It's his birthday today, Ooh. so I think you should sing happy birthday. <laughs> you start you off, do I'll follow you. <laughs> no way, lads. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I expected Jews to do it. Happy birthday, Carl. I'm not, yeah, not happy birthday. Marcus, you haven't done your initiation song yet. If you want to do it live here on Zoom, you can do it and spell out happy birthday. Have one, Marcus. I'm sure everyone listening will enjoy this. No, I'm sure I did it. I, I just think Rena wasn't there when I did it. Sure I did it. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> I hope you have a good one, Carl. What, what, uh, when are you having the 60th? Ah, fuck off you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm barely older than you, right? <laughs> oh, stop. Tough paper around, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right, thanks, well, guys. Yeah, well, done, uh, well done, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Host, thanks Marcus. Thanks, Aaron. Great host. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Carl. Oh, thank Happy you, thank you. Well. See you, gents. So, a possible, I don't know, is it an upset? I don't think so. Greener's I, a dark horse. Ahead of this quarterfinals, I have tipped Greener to win the quiz competition. So, so far, that is on track. Harry actually had tipped Harry um, Marcus yeah. 
to win. I think it was after the, the Pico scalp is what yeah. he went for, you know. Some tough questions in here, and the fact that Greener got them justified that, them. That's sold it for me now. That he's 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 Bucky's favorite. Yeah. And the David Villa one was a good was oh, a good answer. I went Raúl. I, I don't know yeah. why. First thing that came to my head. I thought one of them was going to get Torres, but they didn't. And uh, the black box question. Uh, great show. Great pre- question. Press with that one. I remember Gideon got that one right, and Pico didn't in the qualifiers. So not an easy one. Um, so yeah, that is Gary O'Neill versus Aaron Green in the semi-finals. What a, what a show-off that is. So the other quarters are going to be Berkey against Simon Power, and then Lee Grace will face Jack Byrne. It has to be Berkey and Grace. I'm going to throw Berkey and Grace in the semi. Don't forget Jack. our competition as well. Jack could surprise us. We have a competition, Prof. Yeah, well, by the time you're hearing this, you, you're you not allowed to enter. The, the deadline is Wednesday night. But, but um, we have been getting your entries. Yeah, we've had plenty of entries across all our social media platforms. All you had to do was guess the seven results, the four quarters, the two semis, and the final winner. If you get all seven correctly, um, if you're the only one to get it correctly, or if there's more, we'll we'll see what happens maybe. We'll have to decide now, don't we? Yeah. Is it the first to get all seven right? Or if four or five people get it correctly, should we... Um, we could have them have their own quiz off. <laughs> we can put them into their own. We can make them quiz each other. We'll have to if if there's a quite a number of winners, we might have to just pick their name out of a yes, hat or something. That's what we'll okay. do. Yeah, that, that's the best way. Because other than right. that, it's gonna convolute. I see a few people are eliminated already because they they picked Pum. But um, yeah, the winner of that competition will win a free ticket to the twenty twenty three Player of the Year awards. So a nice prize for you there, free ticket. Absolutely, prof. To um, this history. That was recorded on Monday, which was my birthday. Nobody was willing to sing happy birthday over Zoom, Garboy. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought Hardy would have done it, but he goes, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the birthday wishes nonetheless from uh, from all three of them. Um, we also had... during so ha- the sh- Happy bearded birthday for the prof. Yeah. You noticed there was a David Bowie question. Yes. I put that in there. There was a reason for that. Um, during the Shells game... Um, or actually after the Shells game Stephen Jones put this into the chat a resident yeah. thespian and yeah. culture merchant hashtag beer culture he sent in a video he said that he was winning robbers on on Friday night across the road in the Civic Theatre for the play that he is starring in called Falling to Earth My Summer with Bowie it's a two week run and we're a week in now so you've got a week left folks to check out the show Check him out. Jonesy is a fantastic mm. individual with superbly talented fella. And he is Scott Morphy is the name of his character in this one. And it's about his summer idling about David Bowie. And it is, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. He's excellent. And he's got big things in the pipeline as well. So remember the name, Stephen Jones. Yeah. One or both of us, Gary, will be gone to this show. So... There will be a review on the podcast. I mm. guarantee you that. Prof is quite oh, the theater. Was was yep. What way do you say? <laughs> the theater. Theater. The theater. Jonesy has recommended three plays to me, and I went to all three. That's how highly I respect his opinion. I enjoyed two of them. The third one, I left thinking, "The fuck did I just watch?" <laughs> Joe Dolan's not. And your that thing, was no? called the Road to Joe. Uh, it was quite strange um, but the first few recommendations were go Jonesy um, also he said he was so he was backstage on the Friday because he had to perform 
the play and he said he could literally hear us singing keep the green flag flying high from in there mm. how cool is that as this while he was having the rock star after party in the <laughs> dressing room with the roider full of vodka and celebrities and the yeah. green M&M's <laughs> yeah so, Prof, we will leave our starting 11s of predictions for now. We have no game to comment on. So, we should be back on the 19th, the day before the draw of the game. And a big, big announcement, Prof. Get Yizzer tickets. It is the gala. Michael O'Neill will be joining Gary Twig and Johnny Giles. Is there anyone bigger? Is there bigger Rovers legends out there? Special guests at the gala event at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, 21st of October. Massive event. Get your tickets online on the Rovers site. Michael O'Neill, I can't wait to listen to Michael O'Neill. And Gary Twig, who has never been on the show, so we've been pipped to the exclusive by Shamrock Rovers FC. So check it out, get your tickets. Do not miss this event. It is going to be a monster of an event. This is Tifty's 260. Think of all the Rovers players and managers we have interviewed in six years. We've never had these three on. Never. And you can get three of them at the same time yep. in the same night so tickets for 50 quid for a member and 85 for a non-member get yourself your tickets and go down for a magical night of food of stories of rovers of of camaraderie of everything check it out it's going to be unbelievable do not miss out um, Prof Shamrock Rovers Shamrock Rovers Shamrock Rovers yeah well we kind of can't really ignore this can we I mean it involves players and it involves management as well so we'll just sort of touch on the madness that has been the last week like the Rory Gaffney to Galway rumour is back um, do you remember that was before last season for some reason that just kept going around mm. oh yeah Gaff- Gaffney's going back to Galway who were in the first division yeah then he ended up staying and becoming the league player of the year so that I was, wouldn't pay any attention to that him. was a bizarre rumour Um so yeah reportedly his knees aren't the best and he's going to be 34 so maybe there could be a grain of truth in it this time because Prof, look at Zlatan look what he's done yeah. up until the, the final age of 40 but, I think yeah but a year or two ago that rumour I couldn't understand that I didn't I never paid attention to it um, but hopefully we can get another year out of him hopefully the knees hold up in terms of Jack Byrne what you have is people trying to invent drama. Um, so he came back on Friday. If you look back to when the move to Charlotte in the US didn't happen. Do you remember that game? Immediately following that. He had the game of his life. People were saying, oh, what if he downs tools? Show me one example of bad attitude from Jack Byrne on the pitch. He's, he's I have not seen it. He has not given me any reason to doubt his attitude. And yet you see stuff like the Derry Journal saying some players don't want to play for Rovers. What evidence are you basing this on? I think it's just a concentrated effort to derail the four-in-a-row wagon. Very possibly, if you look at it from a neutral perspective or from like a, a, a sane mind. Because none of these things exist or are mm. true, so it's it is yeah. you just got to roll with it. You got to unfortunately, but um, yeah, yeah I wouldn't what, I wouldn't be paying them any attention. Well, what the son had drawn attention to was that Jack had said that he had not been offered a new contract from Rovers when Brazzer had said back in April that he had been offered an extension. So that 
contradiction was highlighted. So we don't know where that is at this stage in terms of Jack's contract offer. He's basically, he was kind of diplomatic and he was saying, you know, the club will come to my agent and that will be, that'll be sorted that way. But people just making shit up. I loved, I loved Turner's summary of this on, I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday. He said, he was like, lads, I read two articles today. One said Jack Byrne could play tonight. The other says he won't play for the rest of the season. Summary, no one had a clue. Yeah, it's all made up. I wouldn't listen to anything. But yeah. it's all noise, Prof, unfortunately. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to it. We will end on this note, Gar. Yeah, so given the week that it's been with all the talk of contracts and budgets and there was an article about fear of missing out and do you, do you overspend? Do you, do you spend money you don't have? And that turns into Roberts fans will find the humour in that and, you know, to say this is the apocalypse and we're going to be relegated next season and everything. But um, I'm going to leave the last word to Barney, who was sitting there observing all this madness. And he says, Only Roberts could be on the verge of four in a row while simultaneously appearing on the brink of some sort of collapse. The ever eloquent. Barney. <laughs> Alright, so that is it this week. Um we get yourself down to watch the ladies game. Um uh, season ticket gets you in, so go and support the ladies in green and white. And that is it, prof. No game for a couple of weeks, so that is it, and keep on hooping. See ya. Well, I'm so tired.